Welcome everybody, my name is Pat Bryan, I'm Performance Director and Co-Founder here at Spokes and you are listening to Bespoke, the cycling and triathlon training podcast. I am delighted to be welcomed back by one of our absolute regulars, uh, Scott Pearson, our Strength and Conditioning uh, Advisor and Coach here at Spokes, who has also done some amazing work with other, uh, not just athletes, but organisations such as British Cycling. Scott, how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, pleased to, uh, pleased to speak to you again. Absolutely. And uh, uh, for the listeners who uh, don't know who you are, haven't heard any of your previous episodes, uh, give us a few minutes of who you are. Yeah, well, um, if you if not spoken to me before, my, my name's uh, Scott Pearson, um, as you said on the, on the intro there. Um, I've been a strength and conditioning coach since about 2003, so 17 years or so now. Um, worked in, um, predominantly in rugby, actually. So I spent about 12 years working in rugby at... at um, two or three uh, professional sides here in the UK. Uh, spent a little bit of time working in football at, at Stoke City and then um, just over three years spent at British Cycling. Uh, left there two years ago. And now I, I um, run my own business called Fast Fit Strong. Um, literally two years ago, I left, left British Cycling at Christmas um, 2017, going into 2018. And uh, yeah, this is what I do now. I I run um, online strength training for cyclists and triathletes. So everything we're going to talk about today, this is what I do kind of day to day. And I've been doing for a fair, fair while. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much it. Fantastic. And, uh, uh, yeah, you like I said at the beginning, you uh, provide all of our spokes clients uh, with, uh, with training and, and, and support. And, uh, obviously, you know. for those that need more specialist one-to-one stuff, uh, you're the man we send uh, we send our guys to, uh, ladies and gentlemen. I too. am available. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, uh, if you've not heard any of Scott's previous podcasts, uh, check out check those out on. You can see them on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, whatever. Uh, this topic today is advanced strength and conditioning. So, if you uh, aren't doing any, I would suggest uh, listening to this one first of all, and then backtracking and going back to I think it was episode twenty. Uh, which is strength and conditioning for endurance athletes getting started. We also recently recorded one with Scott for injury prevention. So if you're uh, slightly injured or you are uh, prone to niggles, uh, check that one out. But today, like I say, is uh, advanced strength and conditioning. So by the end of this uh, episode, uh, you'll have a a very thorough idea of uh, uh, how to go all in with your strength and conditioning. Um, So... Uh, let's jump back to a little bit of the basics, Scott. Uh, why should endurance athletes do strength and conditioning? Um, well, so uh, well, I've jotted down, jotted down some notes. So what, what I'm saying, before we ask why, it's probably important to talk about what strength and conditioning actually is. Um, because, you know, off-the-bike off training, gym-style training... Um, there's a lot of misconceptions out there. There's a lot of uh, misunderstandings about what it is and what it's for. So it's probably worth just detailing exactly what strength and conditioning is and how that maybe differs from some of the other uh, activities people could do. Um, so basically, strength and conditioning is the progressive development of physical attributes required to achieve a, a particular task. All right. So in our case, cycling and, and triathlon. Um, it's not um, bodybuilding. It's not kind of military-style training. Uh, a lot of people come up to me when I ask, you know, does anybody do any off-the-bike training? And they say, yeah, I do 
I do plyometrics or I do CrossFit and things like that. That isn't strength and conditioning. All right. It's not specifically designed for the purpose of um, improving you as a cyclist. All right. So once once we've kind of got that definition um, out of the way, why we do it, first and foremost, it's to um, make sure you're more robust and make sure you're injured less. Um, again, a lot of people come to me and say, oh, I don't have time for strength and conditioning. Um, you know, I, I need to spend more time on the bike. And paradoxically, spending time in a good quality strength and conditioning plan allows you to be on the bike more often and for longer because you're injured less. The second main reason is to improve your performance. So um, a lot of people think you can see the kind of um, the crossover between getting stronger and performing in cycling events, your know, shorter cycling events like BMX or or track events. But there's loads and loads of research. It's been done over many many years that that shows it's actually beneficial um, in terms of improving power over longer durations. All right, so we're talking, you know, everything upwards from uh, a team pursuit, obviously foot three four minutes up to you know stage race um, durations so strength and conditioning will it you know make you more robust and it will improve your performance um, some of the ways it does that is by uh, strengthening imbalances strengthening the areas that are weak that could be you know the inside of your legs as opposed to the outside of your legs the back of your legs as opposed to the front of your legs the left side as opposed to the right side so what, what a good strength and conditioning coach would be able to do is to highlight where you have weakness and strengthen those areas accordingly. It will also improve um, the economy of your cycling action. So uh, a great analogy is to think of um, two cars driving down the motorway. One has a top speed of 75 miles per hour and the other has a top speed of 140 miles per hour. And they're both driving at you know the, the regulation motor, motorway speed limit of 70 miles per hour. The first car is obviously working a lot harder to be able to maintain that kind of speed, that power output, and they run the risk of getting injured far more kind of quickly. So improving the kind of the size of the engine, if you like, makes you more economical, more efficient in in your pedaling action, in your cycling, and as the you know. The, the, the benefit before as I said before of reducing your injury um, uh, likelihood of getting injured so kind of I hope that makes sense yeah they're, they're, that's what strength and conditioning is for and why you should do it fantastic and uh, as the yeah. name suggests of the, or the title of the of the podcast we're talking about advanced uh, strength and conditioning yeah. um, so how would a person if they're if they're unfamiliar, uh, how would they categorise themselves? Uh, I guess we're talking about possibly three categories here: where you're a beginner, you're intermediate, or you're advanced. Yeah. How would a person slot themselves into one of those? It's it's not an exact science, obviously. Um, the first thing I do is, you know, if, if you've got if you're a complete beginner or um, you don't know what you're doing, what you see is that there's a lack of consistency in any kind of exercise that I'm doing. So, you know, if I say, right, do 10 of these squats, you might be able to do 10 kind of bobbing up and downs, but each one looks different to to the previous one. So as you get better, you become more and more coordinated, you become more and more consistent in the technique. So that's the the difference, I think, really, between, you know, an absolute beginner 
to like a more of a, a novice or an intermediate sort of let's call them lifters, lifters in in the exercises. Um, so you've you've got a good control, a good coordination through your body through you know, the, the main kind of exercises that that form part of your program. Uh, you can do it consistently. You'll find that as you start, similar to what you, you probably found when you started cycling, you'll get better pretty consistently and pretty quickly. Um, to a point where you'll you'll start to plateau. You, you know, it's where a lot of people get a bit frustrated because they see they're improving, they see they're getting better, then all of a sudden it becomes more difficult to make the same kind of improvements. They'll plat- their performance will plateau. So I think when you kind of got to that plateau, I would probably categorise you as a as an intermediate lifter. Um, and at that point, you will have to start doing um, what I call assistance exercises, different things to get better at the main exercises, the main movements. And once you're having to do that, then I guess, you know, the difference between an intermediate and an advanced lifter is really how much weight you can lift in control. The exact amount is probably open for debate. Um, but probably more importantly is how much that load affects you how it ta- and how it affects you the next day. Um, so if, if the rules are reversed, for example, I... I you know, don't really go out on the bike that much but if you and i have went went out on a bike ride and went to the absolute maximum we could do you'd probably dig yourself a far far deeper hole than i would I, i'd be uh, i might be shattered at the end of the ride but the very next day i'd probably be able to do another ride do you know what i mean i'm not dug that deeper hole so whereas you, if you dug that deep, deep hole, you've, you've gone as far as you can, it might wipe you out for, you know, a, a couple of days before you've been able to recover. In the gym, the rules might be reversed. So you might, you might, you might feel a bit stiff and sore, but you might be able to produce the performance again the next day after a gym session. Whereas if I've done the same relative intensity, um, neurologically, I'd be just wiped out. I'd, I'd be gone and I wouldn't be able to perform anywhere near the same like the next for, for you know, two or three days after. That kind of uh, makes sense. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Just to, so, just to clarify, what we're suggesting here is the difference between beginner and intermediate is form, um, yeah. and then between intermediate and advanced is uh, is more weight uh, based. Wait, and, and how it affects you, like you know, how, how, it, how you cover. Yeah. Fantastic. So, uh, I mean. I, I guess that's quite subjective in, in between intermediate. Well, they all are fairly yeah. subjective. Yeah, yeah. Uh, intermediate to advanced. So that if you if you you could probably the listeners could categorise themselves between intermediate and advanced. Um, but the form thing, uh, I guess, can we give some tips? Um, I mean, it might not be instantly obvious to everybody uh, whether or not they're actually performing the exercises. Uh, quite as well as they could be to, to categorize themselves between beginner and intermediate. So maybe you've got some tips that you could uh, impart on that. Well, yeah, the obvious tip is to subscribe to some of my programs and you'll get feedback <laughs> on, your, on your exercise. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, joke aside, I mean, yeah, it, that's something I obviously offer. And it, if, you, if I'm coaching somebody directly, kind of in person, then you can give kind of tips as you go. Um, but I, do, I coach a lot of my clients online. I coach them remotely. Um, and what a lot of people do is they'll they'll film themselves doing the exercise, send me the video, and I can provide kind of uh, audio feedback on on the video itself. Um, but as a, as a rule of thumb, 
you know, as long as the, the joints are moving in a position that they're meant to be doing, so your knee joint, for example, is a hinge, it's designed to go forwards and backwards. If it's caving in towards the midline of your body um, and everything just kind of looks a bit wrong, then it's wrong. <laughs> right. Um, you know, uh, um, as long as you're feeling the movements in the right areas of the body, um, you know, if I'm if I'm doing a a, um, a squat again, for example, if I'm feeling that in my back, then again, something's not quite as it should be. Absolutely. So I know that something's not right there. Um, but you know, really encourage you if you're unsure and you want to start progressing, then um, you know, speak to a coach who knows what they're doing. Uh, if if you have the means to to get a one to one good quality coach then I thoroughly recommend doing that. But, you know, my, my service is here because people don't have the time or resources to be able to do that. Um, and that's the service that I offer. Absolutely. So we think possibly then we you could start by uh, maybe videoing yourself or having a mirror and comparing yourself to uh, maybe one of the videos you're going to kindly do for us in, in for our, yeah. our next challenge. Um, uh, comparing <laughs> that and if uh, and also using obviously the subjective scoring, like does it feel right? Where does it yeah. feel like I am? Uh, where am I feeling this in my body? Because if I'm feeling it in the wrong place, I'm probably doing it wrong. And yeah. The gold standard is obviously using a qualified professional such as yourself uh, or, or someone in person. Um, exactly. Yes. Fantastic. So, listeners, hopefully now you're going to be able to categorize yourself in one of the three things. And um, and obviously, continue listening even if you don't consider yourself uh, in a, the advanced category. Um, but definitely go back and listen to the basics if you are listening to this for the first time and haven't heard that, because that will really um, open your eyes to a lot of good information. Now, we've talked about this before, Scott, but um, where do you sit on equipment and gyms? Now, can the beginner does they need a gym or does the advanced person even need gym access or can they do it at home with uh, a little bit of impro- improvisation um well certainly for beginners like we said before like the what you need to do is be consistent in the movement so often that can be very very effectively done with just with body weight or very very light you know resistance you know, bands and that kind of stuff so you can definitely do uh, that at home but to get better at uh, off-the-bike training, resistance training, you need to increase the load. The, the whole objective, really, um, you know, to, to prevent injury and to improve your performance is to be able to produce and accept safely more force. So ultimately, there needs to be a larger and larger external resistance to, to provide that um, uh, stimulus for you to adapt to. So once you've kind of got to that level, you know, a lot of my clients um, have taken the plunge. They've invested in some equipment that they can use at home in the garage or a spare room, that kind of thing. There's loads of places. Um, I don't know if you have them in the US or whatever. We've got places like Pure Gym that offer, you know, really, really cheap 24-hour membership. It's like a budget sort of gym, you know, £15 or so per month, um, and they can join a gym and use all the equipment there, but perhaps run, you, you know, copy, uh, use the program that someone like me provides. Um, yeah, that they're the kind of things I'd think about. Fantastic. And uh, uh, you, you touched on this, um, but obviously there's going to be people that um, 
might be a little bit intimidated by moving up, we, we call it open quote, scale, close quote, yeah, yeah. Um, which is beginner, intermediate, and advanced. Now, we obviously we obviously need to kind of answer why would you move up the scale? Now, you kind of touched on that when you said um, about the, the plateau, but uh, maybe yeah. we could talk a couple of minutes about that. Well, I think it's not like, you know, I've done my beginner training now, I need to move on to my intermediate training. It's it's not like that. It's more it's it's a, it's a gradual evolution of of what you know of your training program. So you you know you might be an advanced or an intermediate kind of uh, lifter, but not really think you've done anything different to being an, you know when you're a beginner. It's just it's just progressing things slowly but surely, um, every session or every few sessions as you to get better gradually, and you know once you've reached that plateau, once you've reached that level. We may just slowly integrate other things in to to help just continue to push you up. Um, so it, it's like more of an evolution than than a yeah. I'm, I need to move up to the next kind of level now. So you know, there's no need to be kind of apprehensive about it. You know, perhaps the, the most apprehensive part about it is just getting started initially, the first the fir- very first time. But moving on from there, you know, why do you want to do that? Well, if you're if you're standing still, you're moving backwards. You know, you need to you need to progress and adapt to actually get better. Um, and if you think of some of the, I mean, this applies across all kind of any type of physical training. But the, some of the principles of training are, you know, adaptation. You, you, there needs to be a stimulus there to adapt to, uh, or a specific stimulus. So if our goal is to be able to um, become more resilient and robust by being able to produce more force in a controlled manner, then I need to adapt to an ever-increasing amount of force or load. Because another principle of training is reversibility. If I am not adapting, I'm reversing. I'm going back to homeostasis. I'm going back to where I was before. So the way you need to do that is to overload the system. But as you adapt, you need to change that overload and modify it slightly so you're progressing and continuing to, to adapt. Fantastic. And uh, um, yeah, I think you, you raised some excellent points there, Scott. And uh, I think that for me, um, it, I, I've worked with a lot of people. Uh, we're talking about athletes in general, not just people who are um, doing strength and conditioning, where um, it becomes very easy to remain comfortable in your workouts, whether that be going yeah. for a ride and doing the same loop because you like the <laughs> yeah. loop and you attack the same hills and it's the same intensity. It does become incredibly easy to be, to fall into that pattern, and I think it's just about bringing yourself back to that. Why have you started? What did you start doing that loop for? Um, and yeah. in most cases, it's not about what you were doing. It's not about the loop. It's not about doing the squat. It's not about doing anything like that. It's about something that's completely different, your end goal. So rather than being worried or apprehensive about stepping it up or changing, adding new strength and conditioning moves or increasing weight or reps or whatever you're doing, think about actually that what we're doing is is we're progressing towards that end goal. And I think that, that when you change that mindset and that mentality, it's going to be an awful lot easier to uh, to actually uh, to, to accept that you do need to, you do need to hurt yourself a little bit more. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I love what you're saying there. And that's one of the beauties about, about strength and conditioning because there's always something slightly different you can concentrate on and see improvement in. Um, so you know, you, you might, like you say, do that ride, 
and to you know to feel like you've made an improvement on that it'll take like a you know a huge effort and it might as you get better the the quicker t- the quicker times become fewer and far further between whereas in strength conditioning even if you're an advanced uh, lifter there are small tweaks small things that you can see improvement in all the time even if you've made that plateau you know can you can you squat a little bit deeper can you make can you maintain form that a bit, bit better can you lift a heavier weight can you do more reps etc etc so uh, that that for people who have perhaps never done it before uh, maybe you got intimidated when they're a bit younger and now they're getting on a bit and getting a few niggles and being pushed into it and they're like oh, yeah you know i've done this before i've not not i felt awesome you know, i really enjoying it and i can see the improvements and that gives me a big kind of uh, confidence boost. So, um, yeah, I love that. Fantastic, mate. So we've tackled uh, a few things so far, um, uh, given a, an idea about how people can um, categorise themselves in terms of their uh, ability and uh, why we would move up that sort of scale or add some stuff in. But let's talk a little bit about uh, what you would recommend people doing from uh, from a more advanced perspective. Well, I mean, like, like we've kind of touched on, there's nothing, nothing I'd say to an advanced lifter that I would that I wouldn't say to a beginner, complete beginner. So, the fundamental movements will remain the same. So, if you if you go back and listen to um, the first podcast that we did, you know, uh, beginning strength and conditioning, the moves are the same: squatting, hinging, lunging, pushing and pulling, and exercising your trunk or your core through all three planes of movement. The only difference you might do as you become better or more advanced is that you might do assistance work to um, to assist those main movements. So yeah, nothing, nothing's different. You might you might change the method that you're um, that you're doing. So rather than just doing straight sets and reps, you might vary the range of movement, or you might. Um, do that cluster type training or the method might change, but the exercise and the move will stay consistent. Do you remember what those exercises were? <laughs> uh, well, I can't remember the specific. We, then we did like a, a goblet squat, right. a hip hinge or a, a Romanian deadlift. I think we did a split squat, uh, like a bench press or a press up and um, a bent over row or a, like a, a dumbbell row. I think we did inverted row. Absolutely. Uh, fantastic. So could, could we pick maybe one or two of those and explain how you would make that harder? Yeah, well, probably the easiest one is to squat because it has you know, most uh, variation that we, can, that we can look at. So we could, we could, if you're a complete beginner, you've never done anything before, um, I would start off with just your body weight, so no external weight whatsoever. Can you lower, you know, lower your bum down and stand back up again? without some of the things we mentioned before so without your knees caving in keeping your heels on the floor without your back rounding over too much and can you lower your hips to below your knees and then stand back up again if you can't do that not making it harder but we can make it easier by using uh straps or we call a trx um, and you can hold them in your hands do the same movement uh, and bear some of the weight through your upper body so it actually reduces so it's less than your body weight that's how we'd make it easier. To make it harder, you'd, you'd add an external weight. So my go-to move is what's called a goblet squat, where you'd hold a, a dumbbell or a, a kettlebell kind of about uh, chin height or just below your chin. 
and you'd hold it close to your body as you lower down and stand up again. Um, we may progress the difficulty from from using a, that that single dumbbell to to working with two dumbbells, or we're working a bar, putting the bar in different places, so in front of your chest, your chest, uh, behind your back, um, and then simply, you know, we can add more repetitions, we can add uh, more weight combination of the two. We could make you uh, lower down and stand up at different speeds. Uh, we could do more sets. So I could say like do eight reps, but instead of doing it three times, you could do it four times. We could reduce the rest between sets. Um, there's whatever you can imagine, really. You can uh, you can do you can do what's called cluster training, which is like a little inter interset sets, if that like. If you mean to so instead of doing six, you might do two, have a small pause, two more, have a small pause, and then two more, and then have a longer pause and repeat those cluster sets. So there's, bunch of things you can do it's really limits is limited only yeah. by your imagination it sounds yeah yeah <laughs> and, and that, that that's an advantage but also a disadvantage because you can get blinded by um i can do all of this stuff and people do it all <laughs> all at mm. once you know so but, how yeah. much should people be changing at a time let's just give give a give an example maybe an example of uh, of how much someone should change between each session that's the $64,000 question. How long is a piece of string? As a beginner, I would rarely change it. You know, slowly um, slowly move on from from one stimulus to another. So I always start off, you know, around about eight reps on some basic moves, and I'll sort of keep the weight the same, keep the movement the same, but add reps. So you're getting better and better, more skilled, performing more reps, um, then I might come down the other side, lower the reps, but start to increase the weight. So you're only really concentrating on one thing at a time. Then as you get better, how often you change it kind of depends on how you react to the training. Everyone's an individual. Some people, you know, if you're, if you're continuing to get better, don't change it. You know, if you're plateauing, then, then you might need to, um, vary the vary the exercise but not the movement so you could go from a, a, a dumbbell squat to a barbell squat for example just to give you a bit of variety slightly change it but you might change the the method of your training like we just touched on there so i might bring some clusters in rather than doing just straight sets or i might make it i'm going to do a three second lower and a one second raise so we call that tempo training or i might uh, i don't know you know, change uh, how quickly I progress. You know, how quickly I change the sets and reps from week to week, that kind of thing. So that all kind of varies depending on and how you how you respond to the training. Fantastic, that's excellent. Yeah. Thank you. And uh, yeah. as we start to draw this podcast to a close, Scott, every time I interview you, I have asked you for your top five tips um, on the subject in hand. And so obviously today is advanced strength and conditioning. So have you got uh, top five tips? You know me, mate. I've got my top five tips. <laughs> also. Awesome. Well uh, I think luckily, I think we, in, our, in our conversation, we've, we've pretty much gone through uh, most of them. Top tip number one is just to keep things as simple as possible. Um, we just touched on a second ago, all these different things that you've got that you can do. Um, just because you can do them doesn't mean to say you have to do them. Concentrate on the basic movements that we mentioned a second ago, squatting, hinging, lunging, pushing and pulling, 
do them well. Get them, keep it simple, do them well. Top tip number two is be consistent in your training. And that doesn't mean to say you do the same thing all the time. It means you train consistently. Uh, the amount of people I've seen that, that you know, especially now, you know, New Year's, they um, they go hard, they go, in, like, well, I'm going five days a week for the next three weeks. And then they realize how hard that is to maintain and they never do it again. If you can stick to, you know, one or two sessions a week regularly, you'll get a far, far, far bigger benefit than going hard for a short period of time and never doing it again. So I think the famous quote there is um, uh, long-term consistency beats short-term intensity every time. Bruce Lee quote. Number three is uh, progress, but do it gradually. All right, it's a marathon, not a sprint. All right, so whatever you're aiming to improve, improve it consistently or push yourself consistently but gradually, don't try and bite off more than you can chew. Which leads on to number four, which is just concentrate on one thing at a time. So I just sort of talked about the, the methods I go through. First thing I'll do is try and improve volume. So try and improve the amount of reps that you can perform. Don't worry about anything else. Don't worry about how much you can lift. Don't worry about the exercises or whatever that you're doing. If you're getting better and you're able to perform more reps, that's a progression and that's brilliant concentrate on that then after you finish that a certain block of training then you can you can think about something else and the last thing i don't think we've talked about it so far is just think about sensible timing of when you do the sessions throughout the week so if you've got a hard interval session planned on a tuesday morning don't try and do a gym session on a monday evening because it'll just mess you up so i always try and program gym sessions for the, the kind of the evening of the night before they have a, a rest day the next day, if you're able to do that, or a, or a kind of slower, steady tempo ride. Um, so then, you know, you, you've got time to recover. It's not negatively impacting any of your uh, kind of more important, if you like, on-bike training. And um, you'll get more enjoyment and more benefit from it. So Fantastic. they are my top five tips. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Nailed as ever, Scott. Setting oh, the bar know. very high. Uh, and... Uh, <laughs> As, uh, as listeners well know by now, we love to challenge you. So uh, for those people who like to do these challenges solo, um, Scott's going to set you uh, something that you can do uh, on your own and you can just uh, uh, follow in between uh, whenever you can. Uh, or if you like, the, uh, like to have a bit of uh, community spirit and some motivation from peers, uh, I would join our Spokes Performance Training Advice Facebook group where yeah. we will uh, host this challenge and uh, help you through it. So, Scott, uh, have you got a challenge for us this week? I do, mate. All, all I want people to do is to commit to doing the five movements that we've said a second ago. So squatting, hinging, lunging, pushing and pulling. Do those five movements. Do six reps of each four times. So not a circuit, so I do do six reps of the squats, then break, and then repeat that four times. Then move on to the hinging, then move on to the lunging, and so on. Do four sets of six for each movement. It should take about 40 minutes. Do that twice a week for three weeks, and then let us know how you get on at the end. Fantastic. See and what we'll feel. do, we'll post a few resources in our, in our yeah. uh, Spokes Performance Training Advice group, just, yeah. uh, just in case you're not hundred uh, percent sure on 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 what we mean there. Um, so Scott, fantastic. Yeah, and I was going to say I'm, I'm a member of that group as well, the Facebook group. You you can you know you can comment on me, um, 
touch me as a link and ask some questions on that on any of these things and um, I'll be pleased to answer as many questions as I can fantastic Scott it's been great having you back mate as usual happy new year happy new year <laughs> yeah although actually I think by the time this episode goes out we're talking uh talking end of February possibly even March so happy Easter mate. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> happy Easter <laughs> happy springtime isn't yeah. it isn't it nice that all the daffodils are coming out <laughs> isn't it great that we've got that perfect weather in england uh, yeah. says, the, says the boy from california yeah. uh yeah. And listeners thank you so much for for putting up with us <laughs> uh it's it's always great to to have uh have you know to know that you're there with us so if you could uh make sure you share this with your friends uh, leave us a little comment review anything uh we really do appreciate this definitely definitely subscribe because i know we've at least got scott back one more time scheduled in the next few months um yeah. plus a whole host of other really inspirational people so definitely subscribe on your favorite platform Uh, my name is pab bryant i am performance director and co-founder here at spokes you've been listening to be spoked